and uh, uh, joining me now in welcoming Tandiswama Zai on the line. Kwanini, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. And I'm, I maybe want to, to kick off our conversation on that note I was making as we, as we uh, open the show. Uh, I think we see a massive planetary crisis across the world manifested in different ways. Uh, we see it in the ascendance of white supremacy and that project uh, and its attendant racism. You see it with climate change. You see it. Uh, with the um, untold and immeasurable violence visited on women by men in this country and many yeah. other issues, poverty, inequality. How do we make sense of all of this? I mean, we were thinking about 76 uh, a few days ago. Uh, and I guess the big question is, uh, as we navigate you know, a society in transition, how do we make sense of this? And more importantly, what becomes the role of artists? I mean, <laughs> I could never pretend to have uh, the answer to that, you know. But what is glaring to me as someone who um, works very much in the space of um, the spirit is that we've reached some kind of impasse. We've reached a a deadlock. Mm. We've reached... uh, It feels like a climax of some kind, you know, um, that forces us to really interrogate how we interact with Mother Earth, how we interact with one another. Um, And one of the things that stands out for me is this love project, this idea of this very simple word, but a word that um, can propel so much uh, change in the world if everyone could embrace its true meaning and essence. The idea of acceptance, the idea of Grace, um, the idea of um, all these ideas that are encapsulated in 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 concepts such as Ubuntu, mm. which I think as 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 Southern Africans we don't use much, you know, because I think well, I mean it it it, it extends to other parts of Africa as well, but um, I think it's a very important part of the this African knowledge system that we are uh, losing, that Mm. we are kind of, you know, we're losing its essence and losing what it really means to be that, to be human with with other human beings. I I want us, us, uh, King Tato, maybe unpack this this note that you make of, uh, I guess, uh, an African knowledge system. We find ourselves, as you correctly say, uh, at the limits of what we've always been doing. I mean, uh, you know, the impact of yeah. uh, what we've done on the climate, the impact on uh, our society, the impact on uh, subaltern groups, women, queer, uh, Absolutely. Uh, you know, those who are queer, non-binary, uh, identifying all this people. All kind of society. climax of, of violence, yes, the climax yes. of all kinds of violence that we've perpetuated mm. and, um, yeah, and engaged over centuries and centuries, you yeah. know. What, what does that African knowledge system hold, for, certainly from, from your vantage point, for, for how we navigate this moment? I mean, uh, certainly many of us in the, in the realm of economics often say we're not, we ca- we're not and we can't have the kind of economy that we had because uh, we probably would need a few more kinds of planets for us to sustain uh, the centuries-long project of growing our economy. And uh, I guess it does require new thinking, but um, I, I, I wouldn't be naive to think that that only applies in the economy. It applies to every facet and aspect of our lives. And the question I have is, uh, what tools, Everything what tools has does to be reimagined. Mm. 
um, I think everything has to be reimagined, and in that reimagining, we actually have to go back um, and learn from from age-old lessons, mm. you know. Uh, and, you know, it seems very simplistic for me, but I keep returning to it. I keep returning to that that uh, original impetus, which is um, which is love. You know, everything um, that we do is driven by a love of something, you know. That love may be misplaced. It may be, um, uh, you know, it may be, yeah, I think misplaced is probably a, a good word for it. Mm. But um, love is always that original kick. It's the thing that we arrive into the world hoping to find, you know, that we'll find safety, we'll find kindness, we'll find grace in our experience with other human beings. So for me, that is one of the biggest uh, kind of um, lessons that we can learn from this, this, uh, this African um, ideal that umundung umundung abandu, mm. um, that izanja zekezana, you know, you know that whole idea that we cannot exist without um, extending kindness and grace to other human beings, you know, regardless of where they come from. And in fact, as part of the African system, we are much kinder, very kind, to visitors, mm. to travelers, mm. you know. So even going back to this idea that so-and-so is from that country or that country, you know, we keep singing this song from Cape to Cairo, Azania, mm. you know, uh, but we don't we don't uh, fully hold that idea dear to ourselves, mm. you know. And, um, of course, these, 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 these intricate issues uh, that, that underlie all the things that happen in our country. So it's not as simple as loving ourselves, but looking at the history of why we don't love ourselves, sure. looking at the history of struggle, the history of of poverty, you know, um, and, and why it is that people feel that there isn't enough for everyone else. There's only enough for us. Mm. And it's because we've lived in this place of, like, serious desperation, you know, um, as black people, as women, as queer people, just in this constant desperation. I mean... You know, Emma Lukshini, the, the the desperation, the sadness, the the depth of like the of 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 chaos that exists, you know, in our own families. Mm. You know, and our families are huge. So when you see such a huge group of people um with such huge afflictions, yeah, yeah. um, you know, you have to really start thinking, can I go back to some kind of concept? Mm. Mm. That will allow us to to regenerate, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. I want us to pause here because uh, uh, on that note of community and, of course, how do we regenerate a more humane ethos among ourselves, when we come back, I want us to talk about what this new normal means for you as an artist and, and more importantly, uh, what it means for your community uh, and, uh, of course, among those mm-hmm. with whom you create. Eight minutes it is before 9 p.m. And uh, it's our culture talk. We're in conversation with uh, uh, Tandiswama Zwai. Uh, and uh, I mean, I don't know how to describe Tandiswa. Maybe African flying machine might work. But, um, you know, Magdwanin, I mean, I guess the other question I, I, I want us to, to maybe unpack a bit more is uh, what this moment means for the you, the artist. Uh, and I guess we can speak about all of the 
sort of high-level philosophical questions that that comes with. But there's also the day-to-day bread and butter uh, and very mundane uh, tasks of survival, right? Putting food on the table, making sure that um, uh, you are replenished enough so that you are in a position to be able to create. Uh, Let's talk about that. What does it look like when, you know, you can't stand in front of thousands of people uh, at festivals like the one in Grahamstown and many other places? Uh, What does that mean for you as the artist and, I guess, the environment within which you create? Well, you know, first, I mean, there's obviously those, like, bread and butter issues that that um, artists are not making any real money at the moment. Mm. You know, I think I'm probably one of the very few who are now doing my second kind of booking, you know, um, through a streaming uh, festival. Um, so th- these are very desperate times for people, you know, uh, um, just the other day, uh, there were food parcels being um, given out at the market at uh, at Nikki's in Newtown to you know musicians and backing singers because it is it's that it's that that bad that people who were able to take care of themselves at some point are now having to rely on um, someone else's kindness, you know. Mm. And for me, that's the thing that I've, 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 you know, what what you see is that um, it this it has this moment has increased the amount of 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 stress and desperation. You know, the number of people that are inboxing me in on Twitter or Instagram saying I don't usually do this. Mm. You know, and I don't even know how to do this. I don't know what's going on. I just know I need help. You know. Um, and people who are saying, this has always been my way, this has always been my life, and I'm just even more desperate now. Sure, sure, you know? sure. So, 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 I mean, it's... I, mean, I, guess, I guess it's an interesting juncture, because um, it, it does throw up again the importance and the need for organizing among creators, and I use that in the very broadest sense uh, of the word, to not only encompass artists, musicians, uh, but anybody who has found themselves in an economy where probably not as organized as the lawyers or even any other grouping that would organize itself into a union. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about that. I mean, how do you see that unfolding so that we don't find ourselves, if we're faced, say, with another crisis, it might be the climate tomorrow and not necessarily a pandemic. How do we make sure that those who create are protected? Um, there's, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of different ways in which that can happen. First of all, um, people can be paid what they're worth. Uh, so that they are able to save some of that money, um, people can be given their royalties. Uh, you know, like you know, let's say for instance, actors who don't get uh, money for reruns on television. So it's really about paying the artist what the artist is worth, and mm. not treating the artist like uh, you know, I, I don't know, like what, but not treating the artist like something that. Uh, like a fleeting moment, mm. because what you realize is that twenty years later you're still talking about those artists. Those very artists are still in your houses. Their paintings are on your walls. Your your memories are flooded with their work, you know, whatever kind of work that they do. So, you know, I think that there's there's an importance that the art holds, but um, doesn't seem to reflect that in, uh, in terms of the money that artists can make. I mean... An artist can be in the same industry for 20, 50 years, um, 
and not see much of a difference in in their pay, for mm. instance, mm. because you know festivals are reluctant to put up fees or something like that. Whereas if anybody else was, you know, in in a particular field, growing exponentially every time for the for twenty five years, they are now at CEO status and they're yeah. getting paid what they're worth. Mm. You know, um, but sometimes people don't want to pay the artists and would rather just kind of, you know, stop booking you and call someone else. Mm. Uh, and they play, and, and of course, they'll play you off against each other. Um, which, yeah, uh, so it, it is important issue, yeah. for artists to organize. It's definitely important for important for artists to organize and and figure out something for ourselves um, because you know this kind of you know relying on other people and waiting for some department to do something, a lot of the times that doesn't necessarily always pan out the way that sh- that everyone imagines, mm. you know. Mm. So we have to find ways in which we, you know, um, set ourselves up, you know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should do a stock sale that is about, you know, uh, yeah. our pensions. For sure. You know, for sure. I mean, whatever works. Stock sale. Whatever works. Yeah, I think, whatever I think works, the other issue is that know? many people have tried to impose a model onto the industry and say, go and start a union, go and start a guild, go and start, uh, you exactly. know, certain kind and of Exactly, and I think the industry itself should be able to figure these things out and, mm. uh, because we're the ones that know what the issues are, you know. But uh, going back to your question about um, audiences and how, it, how that feels, you know, because of, you know, when you are doing an online gig, you're, you're faced with about five or six cameras, and that's, that's it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you green know? screen, and, green screen, <laughs> and, and no one else is no one is clapping, so you don't get any energy back, and so sometimes you just feel like, am I still here? And you start to fade out of yourself. You know, I've definitely experienced that where I've just kind of, yeah. and then I remember, oh damn, we're live, <laughs> you know, because it's very easy to forget that you're being watched when all that's in front of you mm. are cameras. You know, I need eyes. I need smiles. I need faces. I need hands. So, you know, um, it's it's really, really difficult for me. I don't know how it is for yeah, yeah. other artists, but for me, it's um, it's something that I am, I'm having to get used to, you know, because also what this is is that I don't get to be I don't know. I mean, there's just something so beautiful about that fleeting moment of a mm. of a of a gig, yeah. you know, that one hour that you can't get back. Oish. But with these live stream shows, you can go back tomorrow and watch it, and yeah. go back again yeah. and watch it, yeah. and now you can be a little bit more critical of the moment. Um, so, um, look, I mean, it changes things somewhat, and I think for for Abandwa Fananana Pilang Ngoma, we might have to maybe think about different ways of taking. Uh, Lumpilo a bit forward and maybe before we let you go Makwanini just uh, uh, for some of your um, fans who are listening in to this conversation talk to us briefly about your next performance you did say you're fortunate enough to still be able to perform even if it's not to the energy giving crowds that uh, you've become accustomed to yes um, well we have another one you know nowadays it's kind of like how many gigs do you have oh, oh, I, eh? do, I have another one it's coming up eh? <laughs> no it's kind of like eat one you know and then, you know, next month, maybe there'll be another one. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, our next gig is with the National Arts Festival, which this year has gone online. So they'll be streaming all their performances. And um, 
I was looking at the lineup, and I think there's people like uh, Ami Faku and mm. uh, the old favorite Gloria Bosman. I'm so excited about that. Um, I, I can't remember who else was there. I think Mikasa is there. There's a really amazing lineup of live music. Um, and I'm sure they've got, you know, other other things mm. like, you know, dance and theater. But uh, the festival, I think, starts on the 25th of uh, June. And my gig is on the 4th, I think, of July. Okay. All right. But uh, I think I, w- I would assume you would, you can go onto their website and check yes, for yes, the yes. exact details. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Sibel, let's leave it there. This is Swam Ngoska Kulu for taking time out to speak to us. Yeah? Ngoska Kulu, enjoy your evening. Awesome stuff. That there was King Ta, uh, the African flying machine, speaking to us this evening here on the Mighty Metro. We're going to have to leave it there, and uh, we're back with you again next week. You take strength, you keep warm, you keep safe. Kasi ibanga le economy.